Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. In a world where our families are more scattered than ever, true and lasting family connections are hard to forge and even harder to maintain, and they don't happen by accident. Today's guest is Susan E. Yates. She is an author and a speaker. Her most recent book is Cousin Camp. This is a practical book that outlines how grandparents or other family members can plan and host a camp to bring their children together. And one of the most important parts of those camps that she incorporates is faith. Today she'll tell us how we can still bring our family together in the midst of a pandemic and how we can host a cousin camp eventually in the future. That's today on Connections. We're joined today by Susan Yates. She's a popular speaker as well as an author of several books. Susan, can you tell us a little bit about your family and what you like to call cousin camp? Oh, great question, Colleen. Well, my husband and I have five children. Uh, actually, we had five kids in seven years. So it was a little crazy when we were parents of young children. And our children are now all grown. They're all adults. They're all married. And we actually have 21 grandchildren. And all along the way, our our prayer and our goal, our family vision has been that our kids would love the Lord with all their heart, mind, and soul, and their neighbor as their self. And when I think of the neighbor piece, I think, um, your family is really your closest neighbors, and then your extended family. And, of course, there are other crucial neighbors in our lives, too, that we need. But in terms of blood kin, um, family and then extended family. And one of our dreams has been that our kids would love the Lord, but then that they would love each other. And that's where sometimes the challenge comes in. Well, the challenge can come in both ways. But um, our kids live in different states. So we're spread out. And so we began to think about how can we help these cousins even know each other, let alone love each other. So we decided that once a year we would bring the kids all to our place, our house, and have what we just titled Cousin Camp. And the first year we had Cousin Camp, we started with five children from three different families. They were ages four to seven. And... One of the things for our camp is you have to be four to come to our camp, (laughs) primarily because we don't want to deal with kids up all night or wetting the bed or um, being frightened. So ours starts at age four. Plus, we have grown in numbers over the years, and so that makes it more manageable. Now, in my book, Cousin Camp, I talk a lot about how other people do it differently. So there's not one way to do this. You have to decide what's right for your family. We have friends who started with uh, three little girls for a 24-hour overnight, and they were much younger. They were three and two and I think maybe four. So it just depends on your needs. But our camp uh, starts, it goes three nights and four days, and it's held in June because we don't want to be cooped up inside in bad weather with little children. And we've been doing this now for 11 years, so... Now our kids, our grandkids are all bigger, but it's been beautiful to see God build relationships amongst the cousins who don't get to see each other very often, but also it's been wonderful for us to have time alone with the kids without the parents. Um, That's been very precious. Now, as we deal with a pandemic that is keeping us all apart, how can we take something like this and use it to create an event virtually, I guess? How can we still build those relationships, even though we're all so far apart right now? Well, this is the beautiful thing about the book, 
Cousin Camp, the book Cousin Camp has so many ideas in it that you can use right now. I'm really sensitive to the moms at home who are cooped up with the little people and are just staggering through the day, and it's hard. Well, you can adapt Cousin Camp to what I call camp at home and plan a week out and bring in some of the activities right out of the book. I think right now with the pandemic, what we need is we need help for the immediate, help just to get through this day, this week. And In fact, some grandparents are also doing child care, and they need ideas. So there's slews of ideas in the book itself for right now. I, I just wrote down this week 50 different things you can do in your home, from collecting rocks to painting them to getting chalk and uh, writing messages and, and doing art on sidewalks or driveways. You can. One of my favorite things that we've done at Cousin Camp every year is I find a house under construction. The construction workers are still working, um, praise God. But um, you can go and collect scraps. They'll save you scraps. Then you bring them home, and all you need is a, a few hammers and nails with big heads, and you can create all sorts of things out of wood. So the book, those are just a few examples of things in the book that you can adapt right now while you are stuck at home. And there's stuff in there for um, older kids, too. And then the second thing we need, we need help for right now, but the second thing we need is we need hope for the future. Um, we need to begin to pray and dream about a vision when we can get together with some of our family members. And so that's also where the book comes in, is helping you dream about what you can do in the future, whether it's with, you know, grandparents or just a few aunts and uncles or um, cousins or whomever you would want to have a family reunion with. There's lots of different types of reunions in the book. So, Susan, what are some of the ingredients that are needed to host a cousin camp or a camp at home? Well, one of the things you need to do is to decide who do you want to get together with. That's the priority. First, you have to make the decision what's best for your own family. How will you get people there? Where will you host it? When is the best time? And then just begin to pray over the people who are coming and reach out, set a date, reach out. And then um, if you're married, you need to sit down together and dream about this together and figure out who's going to do what because we have different gifts in marriage and we need to play to our strengths. Um, and then I walk you through in the book, actually, Colleen, every step you need to take in planning an event. And one of the things that I've done in this book that's a bit unusual is right in the middle of the book, in Chapter 5, it's the middle chapter, is your camp. And in this chapter, I give you questions, those, those questions that you are asking. And you will have read the first four chapters of the book, so you already have ideas. But I give you a chapter that's pretty much basically blank with questions in it for you to begin to design your own camp or your own family reunion because so often what happens is we'll read a book, any book, with, that's an idea book, and we'll get to the end and we'll just feel like we've been drinking from a fire hydrant and we're overwhelmed. But So to avoid that, I have put the working chapter right in the middle of the book, and then you finish the book and you circle the ideas that apply to you and your situation, and you go back and insert them in Chapter 5 so that by the time you finish the book, you've got a pretty good good skeleton of what you want to do. One of the things that most people out there miss is their own family, unless they live under the same roof. 
Many people are missing certain family members. Today, we're joined by Susan Alexander Yates. She is a speaker as well as an author. And one of her books is called Cousin Camp, where she encourages families to really gather together. And one of the most important things that you like to include in your cousin camps, as you call them, or camps at home, is Bible study. Why is this? Well, you know, again, it goes back to our family vision that we want our kids to love the Lord their God with all their heart, mind, and soul. And so each morning we have quiet times, and usually my husband leads this, though it's it's everybody join in. It's very interactive. One of the things that we do is the first year you come to camp, you get a journal with a photograph picture of yourself glued on the journal, and this becomes your camp journal. And we use this at Bible study or quiet times in the morning when we're all together. Uh, the little ones draw pictures of the Bible story we've read. The big ones, um, you know, take notes. And we always, all the young children have a buddy, a big buddy who sits with them and helps them if their, you know, writing is not very clear, which a four-year-old is not usually. But it's a tradition and it's a staple in our schedule. We have certain things that are staple in our schedules, but this is important. And in the book, I actually have three complete sample Bible studies that you can take and just try in your home today, this week. Um, and I have also just a, a very one-page um, way to share Christ with your kids. I mean, some of our kids have come to camp, and they've not yet personally come to know Jesus. And often it's just awkward to talk about that, but here again is one of the great blessings of being children, is children are just really matter-of-fact, and grandparents can get away with asking and saying things that sometimes parents can't. You know, parents get the, oh, roll the eye, do we have to do this, Mom? But with grandparents, they're more inclined to be a little bit polite. So um, we have, I have in there a sheet that parents can use, or grandparents, in how to share the gospel with children. And so our kids write their testimonies once they've accepted Christ. And we don't pressure them at all, but we just give them the option and several of them have prayed to receive Christ at camp. And what happens over the years is you can take advantage of positive peer pressure. So as our kids have gotten bigger, and our kids are now um, 8 to 21, so our kids are bigger. But every year, our first day of camp, we take turns sharing our testimonies. And I'll say, who wants to be the first to share? Then all the hands go up. It's a, it's a beautiful picture of positive peer pressure. And some of the stories are ridiculously funny. And, yes, we know that our kids, you know, there's no guarantees. Our kids will go through times of doubt. Some may walk away. But what we're doing is we're planting a seed. And we pray that God would nurture that seed and that it would grow. And what happens is the older cousins begin to have a real tremendous influence on the younger cousins. And they listen to them in a way that they want their siblings or their parents. And even though we can't host something like that, like the cousin camp or an event with our family within our own homes, we can still do Bible study and even more so now these days without all of the distractions around us. Yeah, and see, that's the beauty of right now. You know, right now in the season of being stuck, we have the opportunities to do things that we're always complaining we never have time for. And so, you know, I'm just praying that we will take it, take advantage as difficult as it is, um, 
advantage of this downtime and do some of these things that we don't have time to do in the craziness of ordinary life. Are you planning on hosting a cousin camp this year, or do you have uh, plans to do something virtually? What's happening with your family this year, seeing as though we're in the situation (laughs) we're in? I know. Well, we don't know, just like nobody else knows. Um, We, Our oldest grandchild has just turned 22, and she's actually engaged and getting married in September. So um, we're hoping things will be okay by then to have a wedding and so we will probably do a family camp in conjunction right before the wedding. Um, but as you know, everything is pretty much up in the air right now. Uh, we a- have, a, for years, we have had a family camp that begins the last day when cousin camp ends, where the families come in with the little people. And I explain how we do that in the book as well. It, it amazes me. I want to be a part of your family. It sounds like so much <laughs> fun. Well, this. Be prepared to laugh and to just, you know, you, you make a lot of mistakes. We throw the plans out. We have to ask forgiveness. We have to separate fussing children. Um, it's a normal, crazy family, but over the years, we see God bond and build relationships in really sweet ways. Two granddaughters who fought like cats when they were young and didn't like each other at all from two different families are now best friends. This is five years later. And so it's just sweet. Sometimes we just have to hang in there. And I want to encourage young moms listening today, just hang in there and take it one day at a time. And just one other thing, Colleen, that I tell particularly mothers of young children is I think all of us many times over in our life feel like we've ruined our children. You know, that other mother seems to do it all right, and we blow it. And there's tremendous guilt with that. But What I have found is we have to remember that my ability to ruin my child is not nearly as great as God's power to redeem her or him. And that's what we have to hang on to. Share some of the lessons that you've learned along the way and what's what's worked well and what hasn't worked well. Well, I think one of the things I've learned is you um, you have a plan and... You have expectations, and then you have to be ready to throw them all out. Uh, you've got to be able to flex, and the things that you flex in are schedule changes that need to be made. Uh, when something that you tried obviously didn't work, you throw it out. You don't flex on character. For example, one grandson was really into it being terribly rude to another young grandson. That's a character issue. And so we don't flex on that. My husband took him aside and just had a good long talk with him about his behavior. So you learn to flex in the things that are non-essential and non-essentials, and then you stand firm in the things that are character, kindness, thoughtfulness, integrity, honesty. Uh, and that's something we've learned. And then there are hysterically funny things, like the day before our first camp, our very first camp, I thoroughly cleaned my house. I mean, it looked so good. I had flowers everywhere. You know, I had flowers even in the bathroom because I wanted to impress my adult children who were bringing their kids to camp. So I called my friend Elaine to come over and look at my perfect house, and she oohed and odd like we need girlfriends to do. Husbands just don't get that. Um, and then the kids arrived, and the mud came in the house, and all the shoes on the floor, and the backpacks, and within 20 minutes the house was trashed. 
I went to the phone. I called my friend Elaine. I said, you have to come back down here and see what's happening. She came in, and she just was horrified as I was. Nobody had noticed my clean house. Nobody had noticed my flowers. And at that point, I had to make a decision. Do I have a clean house or do I have happy kids? And I had to choose having happy kids. And since then, Colleen, I have never cleaned my house right before camp. It's just not a realistic expectation. Can you tell us a little bit more about your family and what it was like to raise five children? We were actually surprised. Number four turned out to be five. I had I had two new babies, a two-year-old, a four-year-old, and a little girl who just turned seven. And we moved so from one city to another. And so I didn't have any help, any friends, any family nearby. So it was a very hard time in my life. And I wrote a book. My very first book came out of that experience, and it's still available on Amazon. It's called And Then I Had Kids, Encouragement for Mothers of Young Children. Uh, for people who want to learn more about you, I know you mentioned uh, where you can get your books. People want to learn more about you. How do they go about doing that? Well, I have a blog that I write weekly, and I also have some films of different cousin camp, past cousin camps on my blog. So the best way to um, find out about me is just go to Susan Alexander Yates, all written out together, dot com, and that's Susan, regular Susan Alexander and then Y-A-T-E-S dot com. Any parting words for those out there and as we sit in the midst of this pandemic thinking, well, yeah, this yeah. is great, this sounds fantastic, but how? How am I going to make this happen? I think the most important thing is to take it one day at a time and to try one thing that day. We get overwhelmed when we see all that's on our plate and all that we could be doing, and then we look at that other mother who seems to have it all together, and we just feel guilty. So my encouragement is to, first of all, spend time alone with the Lord each morning. I I actually ask God to give me a character trait to walk in that day of His. And I try to focus on one character trait of God that day. I, I have a devotional. I took all of these character traits out of my own quiet time journals and put them into a little book called The One Devotional. And this is a book you can use as a family. And it's just one verse, one trait, one thought. For 100 days. So we're not going to make it if we aren't nurturing our own soul first. And you may only have 15 minutes, but spend time alone in the Word each morning first. And then don't try to do too much. Try to just do one thing and take it one day at a time. Thank you so much for joining us today, Susan Yates. You had such great advice for not only grandparents, but parents out there as to what we can do as we continue to deal with this pandemic. Remember, if you want to listen to this full conversation again, you can always do that by visiting your radio station's website. We'll talk to you again on Connections.